the absolute opposite end of the scale. You've got 300 and whatever Tory MPs voting against continue the free school meals, uh, free meal vouchers and all the rest of it for, the, for these kids. Then you've got them then kicking off about Angela Rayner calling what Chris Clarkson scum. scum. Now, it's not, it's she, not she, language she becoming of the House of Commons. Well, that is correct. It's not language becoming at the House of Commons. But unfortunately, at this point, the truth hurts. And then you then had, what's her name? Lady who's the, I think she's the co-chairman of the Conservative Party. Milling, I think her name is. Is it Amanda Milling? And she then has then posts a letter signed by 120 MPs. This is blah, 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 uh, writing to Keir Starmer, that was it, saying that he should, you know, admonish Angela Rayner and so on and so forth and all the rest of it. And it's just like, you have just so badly... You, you are doing that for cynical purposes. You're just trying to deflect the conversation away from your own selfishness and heartlessness because there was a letter that I saw posted or a response to a letter. I didn't see the original letter from Philip Davis, who is the MP for Shipley, who has been a consistent naysayer about the wearing of masks. He's anti-lockdown. He's all of these things. And if you just be allowed to get on with it and blah, 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 from the back bench of the Conservatives. And he said, well, basically, I don't think it's the state's job to, uh, you know, basically, I, I sympathise with these people, but basically, tough. That was the gist of the letter. And I just thought, yeah, you know, you're all trying to sort of deflect the conversation and say, well, we're trying to do all these things. And then you get things like that that undercut what is not believable anyway. You just want to put your head down at times and just go, what's the point? What, where, where is the end game for this? And I genuinely think it's going to be that we all hail King Marcus and just elect him to... I would, uh, I would uh, rather have King Marcus than Queen Elizabeth II. Well, there we go. It would give Ollie a really painful team sheet because who would you then put up with Greenwood? Push Bruno Fernandes up? Or... Well, I mean... I mean the, Because the, Cavani, the, the, Cavani's... No, Cavani's no, blown. Really... What we'd have to have is Marcus Rashford as king and his strike partner as Home Secretary so so he could declare martial law. There you go. <laughs> but, of course, it would cause... There would be a, a ruction behind him because, of course, Paul Pogba wouldn't like the idea of anybody else being king but him. No, I won't do it again. It's too much. <laughs> You know, so the, the, it just it just causes really more problems. We're in a sad the Manchester United quite. We're in a sad place when Manchester United is more relevant to the social fabric of the UK <laughs> than ever before. Yeah. It that uh, well, do you know? I thought last week it's interesting actually because I thought it really dawned on me last week how much Ed Woodward looks like James O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 you know. I, I mean, isn't it interesting that, you know, James O'Brien has written books about how to be right all the time and how not to be wrong yeah. is his new one. And yet Ed Woodward tends to manage to just be wrong consistently. There's a, there's a little bit of, of, of pity I have for Manchester United supporters, but not a lot. I, I do, I, I know that your beloved Toffees lost at the weekend to Southampton, but there's a, there's a depressing aura around the Premier League table right now because it's like Everton, Liverpool... Aston Villa, Villa, Leicester, Leeds. It's like, oh, God, it's the early 90s again. <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, it, 
well, I go quite happily go back to the early 90s. But for, to be fair, for most of the 1990s, Everton were absolute rubbish. Awful for the basically the entire decade. Was it Graham uh, Stewart that saved you on the last day of the season? Or Watson? Yeah, Gra- Graham against, Stewart. Against, well, I mean, it depends. You want the, the 94 version was where we were 2-0 down to Wimbledon at half-time and came back to win 3-2. He scored twice. And Barry Horn scored an absolute thunderbolt from uh, Thunder Bastard, in actual fact, from uh, about 35 yards to equalise. And then the 1998, the rerun is we're going to get relegated too. This time it's personal. Was Gareth Farrelly, where he he popped on him from 25 yards into the top corner of, uh, I think it was Magnus Hedman. Magnus Hedman's net. Yes, that was... uh, Your memory is far too good. It is. Well, I wasn't there for the Wimbledon one, but it's etched on my soul. I was there for the Coventry one. That was that was a particularly uh, that was that was that was that was quite an afternoon. That's the one and only time I've ever taken a radio into a football match because you know obviously people used to ca- take their trannies in with them. We can't even say that it means something different now, but they take their radios in and they'd, they'd have them attached their ear. And I was trying to hear what was going on. Chelsea against Bolton was the other game that day. Who would take the last relegation place? And I was trying to hear it, and I could not hear what was going on. So I was just like, and people constantly go, "What's going on?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I can't hear anything." Some people do it that nowadays, uh, but then when they hear the dulcet tones of Robbie Savage in their ears, they decide to go all Van Gogh and, and cut their own ears off. Well, I mean, you know, the last the time I saw that, that at Selhurst Park, it was just a bloody mess. <laughs> Well, again, I mean, other people that choose not to hear anything are, you know, members of the uh, of the cabinet. I think generally is a, is a, seems to be the rule at the minute. But yeah, see, at least so over here things things are a little bit fun. So you've got destitute kids starving, and Conservative MPs would rather give themselves a pay rise, uh, and we've got fake Melania. Oh yeah, this is terrific, and it's, it's tremendous. I, I thought about this and. The UK would not be able to do this right because if Boris had a different woman on his arm, nobody would bat an eyelid because it's Boris. Yeah. Boris could have lots of fake children around him and there's a good chance that one in five of them would be his and therefore not fake kids. No, that's only true. That's absolutely true. And there's a good chance that two in five of them probably wouldn't get fed. <laughs> and the other three are all Jacob Rees-Mogg's. <laughs> he's like yeah. he's he's an absolute baby machine. His are oh, both of his barrels are firing at a constant rate. <laughs> Could you imagine the love sludge coming out of Jacob Reese Moggs's oh. gun of plenty? <laughs> Nanny, clean me up. <laughs> Tapioca. <laughs> Tapioca. <laughs> <laughs> See when he says he wants to, he's going off to a shooting party. Like entirely different. Oh God, I would not get a blacklight on those walls. Ugh. Oh dear. Be like sore, but that's not blood. <laughs> oh Lord above. Oh. On top of all of that, the moon is wet. The moon's wet, is it? Have you not heard about this? There's there's enough water now on the moon that NASA have discovered that if we colonise it, if we oh. put landing craft there and people to live there, there's enough water. Oh. Yes. But are there enough for all the, is there enough water for all the children to drink? No, but there is enough Capri Sun for every seven-year-old <laughs> within a three-mile radius of Wilmington. <laughs> Which, is that, is that where Joe Biden doesn't come from? That's what, it does, he doesn't Ac- According to the, the geographer-in-chief. 
Yeah. Oh, did you watch any of the debates? The the awful, strictly the third, but it was, and it was the second, and it was the final, and it was. <sighs> I I only watched the um, obviously the sort of the, the takes on it by the various. Like, I didn't bother watching it because it wasn't going to be anywhere near. It. I mean, at this point, <laughs> if you've not made up your mind, then I I highly doubt that that was going to move the needle at all. No. It's 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 more of a it's another couple of news cycles we can get out of it, right? What actually happened? Okay, what's the public reaction to it? How did Kristen Welker do? You know, that's that's the sort of the um, what did he call radical left Democrat whatever? You know, and oh, just yeah, yeah. it 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 just it just needs to be all of the the, the, the village people stuff and the just the amount of absolute codswallop that he is spouting now, which even by Trump's own standards of complete tosh that he spouted for the last, well, five years now, since he uh, came down the escalator, this last week or, or two weeks has been absolutely off the charts. Oh, I, I believe, I think CNN and the New York Times have fact-checked it. And in, in the last week, he said more, I've got to be careful on this because I want to get it right. I think he said <laughs> untruths, lies, and sheer leaps of the imagination at a greater rate than he's ever done before in his whole presidency. Shocking, but not unexpected. We're gonna, it's going to be the biggest, it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever seen. Well, actually, in, in, in this one particular aspect of it, he's actually correct. You've got to, you've got to give him that. It's going to be bullshit on a scale that you've never seen before. Bullshit like you've never had. Well, I, th- I think uh, it was John Oliver who said, tell us Trump, which jail is Crooked Hillary in? Where's the wall? And when's Space Force going to invade Mars? The ludicrousness of it all is boring. And what I want post-November the 3rd and what I want forever in the UK, and I'm never going to get it, is just a government we don't hear from. It would be nice to... Yes. A government is there to back us up at our lowest and also foster... The best. It shouldn't be there every single fucking day telling us how to live our lives and how not to live our lives. I, I wear a mask. I believe in that COVID is real. I am hopeful for a vaccine. But I can understand how some factions of thought or, or non-thought are getting their knickers in a twist because... Being told to wear a mask by a government that's in our lives every single day. When the Tories have forever and ever, and the Republicans to the Democrats, said, we don't want to be in a nanny state. We have lived in a nanny state now, perpetually since 2016. Yeah. And they're having to tell us what to do every single day, how we should do it, how we should think, how we should feel, how we should be. And and it's not and it's not just the US and the UK. Poland has just rewound its laws which means that abortion is only legal in the very slimmest of circumstances. I think it's only uh, medical problems. I don't even think incest or rape. Polish people, please tell me I'm wrong, but why are we going backwards? We're going backwards. North Korea is looking a more progressive nation than a lot of European nations and American and South American and Latin American nations now. Africa is looking like a beacon of hope well, I say that, look at Nigeria, where they're just gunning down people in areas of Lagos. Mm. What's gone on? What's wrong? 
Well, can I just say then, in that case, then, if, about you said about poll, and I wasn't aware of that, but then actually that means Donald Trump is right about two things. Because if he's saying, polls are wrong, polls are wrong, <laughs> then actually, in a literal sense, he's correct Aww. for this. But also, I've just, you know, wearing a mask, and it's just, it's, again, it's just dawned on me. What the government have been doing, obviously for several months, have been coming up with these natty three-part or three-word slogans. Face, space, um, race. Yeah. But actually, we talked about, in a previous episode, about the fact that Mike Pence is bagpuss. And we did actually... And we missed out a character. I realised afterwards that we've missed out a character. Emily. From bagpuss. No. Gabriel the Toad, which of course is Bill Barr or Jared Kushner. You you take your pick, and also actually bringing that forward a couple of years now. So we, so we've, had, we've got the U.S. government currently working their way through a, a TV show, a kids' TV show from the seventies. The British government has been entirely building their strategy about dealing with coronavirus from a popular party hit of the eighties. Hands, face, space, space, space. Wear a mask on, wash your hands. It's all based on Agadoo. You could put any of the slogans, wash your hands, duh, duh, save lives, protect the NHS. Duh, duh, duh. It's all Boris's Agadoo-do. That's what this is. Ladies and gentlemen, this is audio satire. Let it pour in your ears and embrace your soul. This is audio satire. Andy Saltzman has given up. <laughs> well, he, he can't give up. He's just got a new job as host of the news quiz. It went, <clears throat> get back to the cricket, Saltzman. Oh, I've quite enjoyed him doing the news quiz. I've quite enjoyed it. It's 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 given it a little bit of a different take. I still think I'd like it to have the. Um, we start with a cutting from the uh, Ashby Dulles bugle, oh. read by. Alan Smith or wherever it might be, or Corey Caulfield or what have you. I'd like those bits to return, but I think he's done an extremely good job in a very difficult set of circumstances with a virtual audience. He was my favourite of the Three Stooges, so I'm glad that he's now (laughs) gone on. Yeah. It's it's really weird now, because I know you and I, we talked about it years ago when we listened to, like, Political Animal on Radio 4. It's now both sides of the Atlantic, the satirists-in-chief are these... Two geeks that did one of the first podcasts, The Bugle, and did Political Animal, which didn't get renewed. Yeah. The dissemination of the evil of bad government is being distilled by these two guys. What the hell's going on? John Oliver, who is a famous Liverpool FC fan, is from fucking Birmingham. Never let that be forgotten because he sometimes slips into his brummy. He got rid of it at Cambridge. Uh, but he still slips in now and again. The worst guests from Mock the Week around 16 years ago are now bossing the world. That's mad. The apocalypse has started. I can. What can I hear? What's that? Oh, there's, a hail, there's a hailstorm happening outside right now. That's what it is. I was like, what's that? That sounded, I've got a that sounded like if you put your head <laughs> under a slush puppy machine <laughs> and somebody put blue raspberry all over your face. Um, it's also yes. it, it's also very cold in Los Angeles at the moment. It is around 11 degrees Celsius. It is freezing here. <laughs> that, well, that's what it is here when it's, at its warmest. I know. What's the weather like right now? Oh, sorry, 18 degrees Celsius, but it feels colder. Oh. Oh. But it feels... Uh, down- 
we've put a jumper on. I'm, I'm wearing a, a, a cable knit cardigan. It's very nice. We started watching Designated Survivor. Oh, with Kiefer. If, you, if you're not aware of of the series, then basically he is the Housing and Urban Development Secretary. He is the person that has to stay away from the State of the Union in the event that there is a terrorist attack. Of course, there is a terrorist attack on the Capitol. Everybody dies, and then it's about him being president and how he manages to sort of navigate his way through it. Well, the way he navigates his way through it is very quietly, because all Kiefer Sutherland does is whisper. He talks like that. It's like he's commentating on a snooker match. Ah. Genuine, it's like, it's like bloody hell turn it up again will you to constantly and then, but he, he wears cardigans well, when he's not obviously in his suit that's, and my missus happened to put, make the point she said oh that's a nice cardigan and I said I like, like his cardigan and I said well I've got one like that I said have you she said I've never seen that I said well no I think it's just been in the back does of the does it have a so belt I'm wearing this for her does it have a belt hey? is it a long cardigan does it have a belt it's just it's just a normal so, waist length cardigan. Oh, it stops at your waist. I actually go- I actually wore this. Now this 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 is a this is quite a, an admission to make though. I actually wore this. I've had this for many many years, which is a testament to my uh, my physique and keeping my health. You know, going to the gym. Um, Fucking hell! <laughs> I was going to go today, but I couldn't be couldn't be asked. I actually wore this for a radio station photo shoot in. 2012, and yet I still have it. What is it? Pipe and Slippers Dignitas FM? No, I wore this for for a, a photo shoot for free radio. Dignitas FM. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> well, I, the other day I watched Zac Efron play Ted Bundy in that extremely wicked, dangerously... The oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And in that, he also wears a very, very sexy cable knit, chunky collar cardigan. But it, Does he? Yeah, but it goes down below scrotum base and it, oh, no, it's a is... long cardigan with a belt. And it's like Ted Bundy only got jailed for the murders of a few. He confessed to about 30, but they think he yeah. may have murdered more around Seattle and Utah and stuff like that. He was a very sexy, very sexy man. Who, Ted Bundy? Ted Bundy was a very sexy man. Okay. Sexy murderer. So I think all cardigans are sexy now. Hang on, Ted Bundy... Yeah. Ed O'Neill's yeah. not sexy. No, that, but that's Ed why. O'Neill's a brilliant actor. That's yeah, why. He's, but, he, that's why he's, but he's Al Bundy. Oh, he's Al Bundy, of course. Yeah, sorry, my mistake. Yeah, married with children would take a whole, <laughs> whole different, yeah, schism to that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but mix Al we, Bundy we... with his character from Wayne's World. <laughs> that would be dark, and and just. But then, if you call them, if you got the Bundys. That's where Gavin and Stacey got their idea from. Yeah. Wow. But also, but we could, we could again, you could remake Married with Children. I mean, you imagine that with Boris in it. <laughs> well, it, firstly, it'd be unmarried with children, of course. Uh, and there'd be brackets, how many? And, but we don't know. No, the guest, it could, the guest star brilliant. every week would be a new kid. Yeah. <laughs> new kid, yeah. It constantly, it'd be like the cast of you know, you know, in um, like Heroes where they used to have just characters just dropping in, or like you know, The Wire. It would be such a multi-level kind of show where people would just be coming in and out, and then suddenly the narrative. Or you could mix it with horror because all of his kids would look like children of the corn, blonde hair, <laughs> shining blue eyes, malevolent evil deeds in their heads. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you could mix it with horror. I mean, let's, let's you can, young Frankenstein. I mean, can you imagine the House of Commons Christmas party? It's called it's the, Frankenstein. 
Frankenstein. Fr- Fr- Frankenstein's, yes, of course. Frankenstein. It's that you actually have... Well, Dominic Cummings could be play Peter Boyle and then they could have somebody else. <laughs> and then he goes... Who'd be Marty Feldman? Oh, Philip Davis. <laughs> ah! Matt, Hat Mancock playing the Gene Wilder, playing G Wilder. Oh, and, then, and then goes to test the Dominic Cummings and he just goes... <laughs> But we we Cooper, don't Cooper. we don't need to even make the the horror film of the Tory Party at the moment. All we have to do is open your own f-ing front door. They could do like a, we talk about like in a former episode. Go back and listen to them; they're all brilliant about comic relief. Not an actually great televisual experience, even though it's a, a wonderful institution that does many many wonderful things. But actually, what we've missed out on here is there should be some sort of telethon hosted by Marcus Rashford. I mean, it literally could be called Children in Need, where you get various members of the cabinet to put on really, really shit skits for six or seven hours, excruciating. Boris Johnson could pull out of Sue Cook. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Top Content. If you would like to rate and review us, please do that. And then it skews with the algorithms of the internet and makes us all popular and stuff. Yeah, we're screwing up the system. Or rather, you are on our behalf. We're just asking you to do it. Uh, you can find us on social media as well, and you can screw up their systems by you know, following us and stuff and saying hello on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You will find us at Top Content Pod. And Top Content has been a Top Content production. Yes, it has. Mm-hmm.